Man, OG, this is one for us. Like, I'm talking about you, one of the ones that, oh, my God, man. It wouldn't be a D-Miles if it wasn't for you, man. Just watching you play and just do your thing, man, watching your career, man. This is definitely a blessing, man. We appreciate you being on the on our show and rocking with us though. Yeah, yeah. This one for the Midwest too. For all us Midwest hustlers out here. This 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 one for the breakfast yeah. books right they here. You feel me? They don't know. Yes, sir. Hey, look, uh, hey, before you start, I know Mike Epps in particular gonna feel this. He definitely gonna feel that. that. <laughs> the first question we ask everybody, uh, when you first got to the league, who's the first person to bust your ass? Uh, first person to bust my ass. Well, like I say, first of all, everybody is going to bust your ass in yeah. some type of way. Even even if you hold the person down that um, you yeah. know below his average or or whatever, whatever, you can't stop nobody in this league. You know, and, even uh, you know <laughs> we we got our big time guys, we got our MJs, and but we got guys that people don't know about. I'm gonna throw yeah. out a name: George McLeod. Buckets. McLeod. Buckets. Buckets. George McLeod. Shoot that thing. He was the first person okay. to bust my ass. I had, Ooh, yeah. I got a story. Mike Dunleavy was the coach. We had to read the scouting report, which the scouting report, some guys I wouldn't read from. <laughs> a guy that I didn't know, yeah. like George McLeod. I was like, oh, you know, whatever. I'm going to go out here and do my thing and bust his ass. Mike Dunleavy asked me, well, which way does George McLeod like to go, left or right? Well, for instance, if he liked to go right, I said left. And that was just a perfect opportunity to, first of all, to, to get on the rookie's right. ass and let the rookie know yeah. that, you know, you're not bigger than the game. You need to read the scout yeah. report on everybody, not just the man that you're yeah. covering. Anyway, to make but the whole squad. The whole squad. But to make a long story short, this guy came out and gave me 30 easy. I mean, yeah, easy. shoot that yeah. man. Listen. Ooh. If you look up his numbers <laughs> and you see what his career stats are, you'll see what I'm talking about. And you know, in his league, if you average eight points in his league, you big, you doing yeah. something because you playing against the best in the world. You know. Yeah. Yo, 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 we live on location, me and the blackest one, but we coming to you live. Me and D-Miles is in Orlando. We got Big Dog coming to you from that ATL shouty. This is special, y'all. This is Hall of Fame. This is Midwest GOAT. This is Indian, Indiana, Gary, Indiana, legend. This is legendary here. World, World champ, champion. Best college ball player I've seen with my eyeballs, Ever. period. Average the 30 ball Ever. in college. Yo, man, this is Big Dog, Glenn Robinson, y'all. Put your hands together. Tune in. Appreciate you, OG. No problem, my dog. Brought to you by Thigh Style. I remember when we first got to the league and, uh, we play the Bucks and we look down there, man. We see you, Tim Thomas, Ray Allen, two point Ed Mace. Like it was just like, man, you, you know, when we got to the league, you couldn't be a fan. You couldn't show nobody you liked them. You just had to look for afar. And it was like, man, look at all them killers that I just grew up and just watched down there. And 
Speaking about that year, I felt that that year, the first year that the Lakers won the championship, I felt like y'all was the team to beat them. Well, I feel like y'all could beat the Lakers that year because y'all was rolling. I used to watch all y'all games. Like uh, that year specifically, 2000 year, uh, with you, Ray, I think y'all lost to uh, the 76ers that year, if I'm not mistaken. Just tell us about that year because y'all was like rolling on all cylinders. The guys coming off the bench, everybody was just, that was a good team. Well, we had a good system. You know, first of all, we had, like you say, we had a bunch of killers. We had a bunch of scores and everybody played their role you know we had a bunch of great guys but it was still hard to win mm-hmm. it was still hard yeah. to get a win night in and night out because a lot every team had a bunch of killers on them. but yeah. that year i think we beat the lakers twice that <laughs> year yeah and and, yeah, and I, I think we don't quote me but we i think we beat them the year before and they invited us out to a game preseason to get a look at us because they knew they probably would face us at the end of the season. But yeah, we had a shot. I think uh, the makeup of our team with myself, Ray, and Sam, our bigs, Scott Williams, you know, Scott played with MJ. He played with, yeah. he knew how to win. Yeah, he knew how to play. And, yeah. And he knew how to stay out of our way. <laughs> so when he stayed out of the way, he was at his range right at 15 foot. So he was able to knock that shot down. Defensively, he was able to um, do things on the defensive end that, you know, a lot of bigs wasn't doing because of his speed. You know, he had, a, you know, speed. And, and he had a, he had a motor yeah, on him, too. He had a motor on him, and, and he was smart. You know, that that's just um, one guy. And everybody complimented each other. You know, you had guys like Tim Thomas. Tim Thomas is one of the more versatile players that I played with. He can do yes, it all. Sir. He can yeah. dribble. He can pass his ball. He can play. Shoot the three. Shoot the three. He can play pick and roll as the ball handler. Right. Or the pick right. yeah. That was big. Yeah. So, you know, he, he, <laughs> yeah. he was a guy that was underrated, and he was great for us. Nobody had a package like y'all package was. Like, at point, at the two and at the three, you look around the league like, yeah, you might have your, your two or three might be nice. Hey, hold but your on, hold point on. I just had a thought. Random thought. This is a true story. The first time I ever got dunked on in the NBA, first of all, it was this black motherfucker's fault. It was his fault. It was his <laughs> damn fault. And on my life, <laughs> it was you. He pushed oh, me. Really? <laughs> he pushed me into an alley you dunk, and you dunked on me. And I will never forget it because he laughed at me. He laughed. I turned around. <laughs> said, you know what? I turned you, you around. Know, like, hey. You know, after the aftermath, the ball coming through the net, I'm trying to herb and do my herb and get it out of here. Like, this move it. This man going to start. I'm trying to inbound the ball. He going to last it. If you don't take I'm, I'm like, oh, okay. After the guy he said, posed I to rotate it on that. I remember that play specifically. You know how you push somebody, but like you posed to be at that I pushed him <laughs> over there, so he deserved to get his so ass. So you just gonna call. sit here and lie like that. <laughs> that is That's what happened. You your rotation wasn't right. So I had this to push you over. This man pushed me into the and first you just happened dunk to get on dunked on. Well, I don't I didn't get many dunks. So I should remember that, but you know, I was more <laughs> as time went on, I was more of a jump shooter, unless you throw the lob to me. But I wasn't a guy that yeah. was coming in and that was just gonna skyrock over somebody. So hey. <laughs> but y'all packaged that year when we got to the league. Y'all had an all-star point guard, an all-star two guard, and an all-star three. A lot of teams didn't have that. They might have had an all-star big man Ooh. and an all-star guard. But they didn't really have a one, two, three. 
that's out there really putting up the numbers, just like y'all chemistry. Cause I mean, we used to call y'all yeah. two point geese. Sam, <laughs> like, I am, and, and jump big shots was like layups. So many two pointers. Yeah. Like y'all jump shots, you said, y'all jump shots was like layups, and we was like, damn, these motherfuckers ain't gonna never miss. <laughs> like, how was that duo just to have that? And I know you probably haven't played with the level of greatness that they had, like Ray Allen and Sam Cassell that's playing at the level they playing in and being all-star just as well as you. Like, how, how was that? Well, when Ray came from day one, from the first, when we played pickup ball, we knew who was going to be the star in two games. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, not, and we hadn't had a, a single day of practice. That's, that's, how, that's how he dominated from day one. I'll tell you, um, Dwayne Wade used to come up and play with us. This was a few, a few years later. At Marquette, I knew he was going to be special because he and Ray, mm -hmm. they, they had some battles then, mm -hmm. you know, but that's a different story. But like I say, from day one, we knew what Ray was about. Sam Cassell, you know, he, he's just a, a winner from day one. Two championship mm -hmm. rings, could have easily started with the Houston Rockets. Um, and if you look at that yeah. run that he had, he was yeah, a he big finished part a lot of them games of, of the run. Yes, sir. You know, he played well. So, you know, Sam, he's just a, a confident guy. But what people didn't realize, you know, they say he's a score first point guard. But if you look at the Milwaukee Bucks stats, he's up there in assists too. So with the ability to be able to score and buying into our system, you know, maybe he, in the past he probably shot the ball a lot more than maybe the teams wanted him to. But we all bought into our system. And yeah. with his ability to be able to score and distribute the ball the way he could, man, that was that was big, and and Ray was he was able to play point guard. See, people look at Ray at the end of his career when he was with Miami or somebody, but early in his career, his first four or five years, he could have played. That boy was guard. shaking and baking, so, dunking Ray, on fools and everything. He like dunking nah, on motherfuckers. Hands, yes, you know he had the hands like like Dr. J. Michael he got Jordan, one of the illest you know, photos. Mm -hmm. yeah. This out there, like one of the ones where he cut hanging off hanging the rim, and his rim. legs is like he almost running in there. It's just like, yo, when did I, yeah. I remember it? But like, I know the young people, like, man, when did Ray do that? But trust me, yeah, he was a problem. And his calves, his calves still today, <laughs> calves that man running miles and yeah, he riding miles big. and running miles, he still got calves and in shape today. He's the only guy. That I ever played with that shoots a jump shot on every single shot. It's always takes. a jump practice shot. It's always a jump. Like when you say jump, it, elevate. It yes. Jumps. When he practiced, if I'm practicing shooting jump shots, it's a set shot. It's a set Me shot. Too. Ray yeah. Allen jump. On I don't jump until somebody's in my face, until a hand is in my face during the game. Yeah. This guy jumps on every single yep. shot. Practice or in the games. Yeah, I, I was seeing him going early to the gym, man. And it was like, I never seen him before. He catching the cab early. He already over there. He's sweating when folks is walking in on the first bus. Right. On my, like, on oh, my life, different. I want to yeah. say that was my second or third year. I can't remember exactly. It was my second or third year. And when I saw that, I did that for the rest of my career. Early. I didn't. Yeah. I, mean, I would take a cab sometime, but I would just, regardless, I was always, I wanted to get my shots first. But speaking like, that's what really made me respect it different. Like when you say it was a jump shot every time. Because I did the three-point contest three different times, right? So right, when you get right. in that, like you really see, 
Like a jump shooter, yeah. this ain't really, really the best competition for a real true to life jump, jump shooter. Like you see, like certain yes. people, like you know me, black. When I got in, there, I barely jumped in. I'm tiptoe, tiptoe. Every, I'm never gonna not run out of time. I'm never gonna run out of time. I'm always get them off. Right. Like when I was looking at how he shoot and how he jump every scene he has. Like when you look up in the dictionary, but he should be the jump shot. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. he should be the picture. <laughs> like, guys like him, J.J. Reddick, they jump shoot every single time. In the game, I jump. I See, in, in practice, I'll shoot the way you're saying. But if I land wide open in the game, I'm jumping. Maz was funny. I would do both. But I saw the one consistent thing about him, it was exactly the same. Even that legendary shot every he time. hit when Chris Bosh threw it out. And it was like... It was muscle memory. He got them feet set, and it was exactly like every other jump shot you saw him shoot. You couldn't, if mm -hmm. you took the time and everything out, it looked the same. The mechanics, hey, that man, that man went up there and did the same look. <laughs> I was like, damn, dog. Get them well, ropes out of maybe, there and everything. It was crazy. I'll tell you, maybe when he warm up, when he first come out and, you know, go underneath the back and then take do a little right. few touch shots, and that's the only time he does not jump. On his yeah. shot. But when he's in real live shooting, he's he's gonna elevate. And one time I was hurt. And you know, you gotta get back in shape before you get out there. So I'm out there shooting jumps and Terry starts go, okay, now let's jump on every shot. Man, I got so tired. <laughs> I got fat, I got tired quick. You, you understand that too. That's why I was like, wow, exactly. Yeah, so that's what made me um think about Ray jumping on every shot, game or yeah. practice. It's crazy. We all want a nickname, and and one of the dopest nicknames in history, <laughs> Big, is Big Dog. Dog. Like you, you remember the first time you heard that they calling you Big Dog, and I know, like after a while, like you had your name before the league, so like like after a while, like your name was Big Dog. Like nobody called you by your right. your name. Like, well, first of all, shout out to Antoine Carr. Okay, Big Antoine Carr. Antoine Carr. Is the original big dog. That's the original. Oh, okay. He was the first big okay. dog. And I, I always got to play Hey, most definitely. But the first time I heard the, the name big dog was in college. You know, the maintenance guy. He used to clean the um, building and kind of sneak around and, you know, stick his head in the gym and, and watch us um, play pickup. So he was standing one of the next to our assistant coaches. And um, I went up, got a rebound, and Went back up and docked it or something. And, and he said the phrase, well, hey, you, you got to move over and let the big dog eat. Huh. And our assistant coach, Frank Kendrick, he took that, that phrase and he said it all summer. We went over, <laughs> we went to Europe and played during the summer. And he said, he just kept saying that phrase, you got to move over and let the big dog eat. Next thing you know, the commentators start saying big dog, mm. you know, big dog scores on it. And it, it just mm. grew. I had a I had a lot of nicknames. I had G Rob, Twelve Gauge, yeah. um, <laughs> um, the Rockster. I had all kind of nicknames, but the Big Dog was the one, most definitely. That was the one. Yeah, I love I love the Big Dog. That's one of the dopest nicknames. Like just remember, like I forgot your real name. I called you Big Dog. So, <laughs> so what? Well, there's only a few guys that nicknamed themselves, and that's. I can think of off offhand is Dr. J. I think he nicknamed himself 
and the Black Mamba, Kobe, nicknamed himself. Yeah, but yeah. you know, they 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 in their own lane. Yeah. They, they want they can yeah. do that. Anybody yeah. else, I feel like somebody else is supposed to give you a, your yeah. nickname. And that's what's Straight cool up. about Straight my up. nickname. I didn't just go around calling myself a big dog because that was seen kind of arrogant. Hey, that name was put on me. Hey, that burden was put on my shoulders. So I wore it. You would, you would lovely. You would because you was big dog. You was killing them. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Gary, Indiana. That's like East St. Louis. When I went to Gary, I got got family in Gary, Indiana, right now. My cousin Sean, Poo Poo, Chrissy. All that <laughs> we've been there since I was little. Gary, like you know, yeah. you know Chicago and Gary, like cousins. Right we all got it. family in both of them. Exactly, and you know, in Chicago, I spent plenty of time there playing in the summer leagues. I didn't play against your team, but we played in all yeah. star. Yeah, we played in Jay Rose game. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. And and man, those were some of the best games, and that helped me grow as a player because I was a center in high school. Six eight ain't gonna get you nowhere in our head, but at small forward somewhere at the Straight most, up. unless you got Elton Brand arms or, some, or something like that. But playing yeah. in Chicago in the summer leagues, I played against Snake, Kenny Norman. Mm-hmm. You know, you had to have some ball at that position. Right. You got to have some ball handling skills, you gotta have a jump shot. You so that's where my perimeter game is started at playing over there in the summer leagues in Chicago. And you know, mm-hmm. in Chicago, it can be a guy that's a guy, J.J. Anderson. Yeah. You remember J.J. Yeah. Anderson? J.J. Anderson was the fadeaway monster. He'd, kill, he'd give you 40 for all fadeaways. And he didn't play. I was about to say, but he ain't even made the league. Don't nobody really know, but he'd give you gravy. All day. All day. Yeah, so it started over there um, in Chicago. It's only 30 miles, 30 miles from short home. Ride. Growing up, I used to short ride. But man, that hey, that that started the versatility of my game. So who did you, when you came up, who's that person you was watching that you was looking up to? Like, man, I want to get my game like them. I see a lot of people like, you and Rasheed Wallace jump shot always remind me of the same thing because y'all got that high art. I don't know, I used to play against you. I'd be like, man, this... He's shooting that mug. He got that mug all the way on top of his head, man. I can't get that. <laughs> I'm athletic. I'm trying to time it. Like, you just move a little bit, and you, you had that high art. Who who kind of put that, instilled that in you? Well, I don't know where the high art came from. That's just, I guess, from playing against shorter guys, and, you know, the smaller guys will try to strip you on mm-hmm. your way up. Like, yeah. And I was taught as a big man, when you get the rebound, keep, keep it the up. ball up. So that's mm-hmm. how my shot initially started, getting the rebound and the ball above my head to mm-hmm. avoid getting stripped. Now, as far as who I watched, you know, I'm from Gary. We get all Chicago. MJ. So MJ all you day, it. you know. You see it. <laughs> but MJ is 6'6", six, six, and I'm 6'8". So I really started to get put my eyes on Scotty Pitt. The way he would get the rebound and lead hey, the break. Hey, speaking our language right now, this ball. is both of our childhood. Look, Mike and Scotty, it don't yeah. get no yeah. bigger, no better. I don't care who, I don't exactly. care what. It's just a different meaning because, like you said, Gary Chicago. Absolutely. It ain't no disrespect yeah. to the grace, Will, Magic, none of them, but it's just, we was there, y'all. <laughs> we watched yeah, every we, we single movement. 
I mean, yes. WGA, I mean, we fire, saw him right? from we saw him from <laughs> Man, the bottom you, you to the top, me. literally. The top, yeah. Literally. Because back before Mike came in, it was either Boston, the Lakers, Detroit. Detroit Lakers. was starting to come come Detroit. in a little bit, and you know everybody Seven else sixes. fell in line. Everybody else probably mm-hmm. had a good regular season, but when it came down to yeah. it, it was Boston at the end of the day. Yeah. We talk about that about Scotty, man. Like, Scotty is one of them guys. I don't feel like he get the credit he really deserves because he did so much. Well, just look at when, when, when MJ retired. The man should have been MVP. Should have been MVP. He should have been MVP. Points, steals, assists, <laughs> rebounds. What else? He, it was five categories. Man, I got, yeah, I, I got to be on everything. ESPN with Locked. Scott. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I got to be blocked. on the, uh, what, the jump on ESPN. I'm talking about the whole time. I said it literally loud. I said, I'm sorry, dog. I'm, I'm up here with Scotty. Like, I'm going to say this. Like, this yeah. is crazy. Him and yeah. MJ and Horace, too, though. Like, and, and, and Rodman, like, uh-huh. them dudes, man. Like you say, when you from there, it's, it's a different feeling. Like, and you know, the Bulls is one of them teams the whole world love. You know what I'm saying? But it's different from Absolutely. us in the Midwest that was there. That seen that every single thing. Like, they gave, I mean, they gave all kids hope. But they gave us a different type of hope. Because they were our team. You know what I'm saying? Like, forget about that. Y'all are our team. But with Scotty, I'm the same height as Scotty. This is when I started putting positions yeah. together. And... When I speak to a kid right now, he can be in junior high or elementary. First question I ask is, if you made it to the NBA today, what's your position? Mm. You have to know positions according to weight and according to height and work on your skill level from there because you can end up undersized at an undersized sure. position. You know, so yeah. I was looking at Scotty from a standpoint, he's 6'8". Well, I have to be able to, I'm not going to say lead the break like he did, but I need to have some ball handle. I need to be able to step out and shoot the perimeter, have a, a one-two dribble type of game. I can't play against Patrick Ewing. Right. Patrick Ewing is 7-1. Right. But in high school, I'm playing Let the same right. position that he's playing. Yeah. You know, so – and that's the way the game was then. Back then, in Gary, if you was – you know, Chicago, a bigger city, so they got bigger yeah. players. You know, Simeon and King, they will have a college type right. lineup. They would be 6'8 at the 3, 6'10 at the yeah, 4, yeah, 7 feet on the 5. And Richard you know? and all of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. At, at my high school, I was the, you know, shit, our point guard was 5'11. You know, our, our power four was probably 6'3, right. 6'4. You know, yeah. so they're going to stick you down there in the paint. But that's the way the game was. So now, if I got a guy that's 6'6, 6'7, you might have to play center for me, but. After practice, come on, I need 15 to 20 minutes of ball handling, 15, 20 minutes of agility work, you know, just just little things like that to prepare you for the next level. In high school, when did you know that, like, oh, man, I'm dominant? Like, I'm better than everybody, not just only at my school, but at the the state, (laughs) maybe even the country, that I'm a little bit better than these cats? Um, That's a great question. I played AAU. Mm -hmm. I got introduced to AAU at 15 years old. See, growing up, I played fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth. You know, I didn't play my seventh grade. Yeah, I was starting to sway in a different <laughs> direction. But AAU, I didn't play none of the bitty basketball, none of that. So AAU, I got introduced to that at 15, and we played in the state tournament. And Bloomington, Indiana beat our team. And at the time, you can choose 
two more players and take them to nationals, which, and we went to Jonesboro, Arkansas. And they had every team from every state, whoever won that state, they was there from, yeah, from New York, to Kentucky, all the big cities, um, yeah, California, all the big cities. And we played against, I think, I can't remember who we played against, but I made it to the, uh, our team made it to the top five. I played against Allen Henderson in AAU at 15, but we were both the same age in the same right. class. Once we got to nationals, played against a little bit more competition from other states, that's when I started getting ranked. But when I felt like I was a little bit better than everybody in my area was when I played against Chris Weber. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, Chris Weber is probably the same size then as he right. is now. When I first saw this guy, I was like saying to myself, like, man, we need to check this dude's birth certificate. This guy is not 15 right. years old. And, and he was an intimidator, you know, so our team was stretching. And his team had to come across the court to um, go on the other side. So he walked right beside me, looking down at me as he was walking. Man. Me. And I'm looking back up like, the hell are you looking at? You know, I'm stretching though, he. Looking over me, then I'm like, damn, it's it's gonna be all the time. It's gonna so go down. Good to go. So um, when we played, they introduced all the teams. So I'm standing out at at jump circle. So she Webb came out. You know, back in the day, the best player always came to the jump circle right. last. So they introduced everybody. He was still fixing the shoes and everything. So he came out. You know how right. he walked. He came out. It's just me, Mark. I'm like, what the fuck? So I me back. So we standing there. We standing here. We mean mugging each other like an MMA fight is about to go down. And when I tell you, the whole gym just exploded. The whole gym was like, oh, shit, yeah. it's on. I looked over at my coach. My coach, he was he was so hyped. He was beating on his, uh, on his desk. So I bust out. I started laughing. <laughs> and he goes, see, that's your problem. You too damn friendly. You too friendly. And the name of his friend, his team super was the friends. Super Friends. Yeah, super friends. Super friends. Yeah, Super so, Friends. So I, hey, I had to wipe the smile quick though. So I go, well, you the one that got Super Friends on your chest. You the one that's friendly. You know, let's go. So, but, but I'm gonna tell you, man, that that game, he probably had, I probably had 49, and he had 50. Mm. But mm. No, that probably was the um, the most competition. Just looking at him and, you know, how physical he was. And let me tell you, anything that was underneath the basket was a slam right. dunk. He dunked He's it. dunking it. I don't give a damn who was under there. He was dunking it, you know. So, but yeah, man, that was probably, um, when, after I played him, I felt like, shit, if I can survive this, I don't think nobody in my area, right. not, not in Northwest yeah. Indiana, can see me let- right now. So, you know, that was that Let was me cool. ask you this, like applying, you know, after that and you start, obviously you start getting a name for yourself in the in your area, but not only in the area, but in, in the nation. How much pride did you take in that coming from, you know, the 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 hood school or whatever you want to call it that's not really known for, for you know, you Gary, you know what I'm saying? You got big Alan Henderson over here at the big school, blah, blah, blah. But like, when you put on like that, how did you feel putting on for your high school and your area and your hood? How did that make you feel? Man, that made me feel great because, first of all, that's something that I've always had to um, battle. Being from Gary, you know, and, and you can start with battling for Mr. Basketball. Yeah. I didn't think that I would even – I felt that if our team won state, 
it probably would have been a split. If our team would have lost oh. state, I felt like Allen Henderson right, right. got it because Indianapolis, that's the capital of Indiana and the media is bigger. They get a lot more coverage, this and that. And then Allen Henderson was a straight A student, right. bright kid. And, you know, shout yeah. out big ups to Allen mm-hmm. Henderson. We're great friends too. And we played together here in, in Atlanta, which was, which was cool. We should have played together yeah. at Purdue. Right. You know, he, he told me he was going to come and he went to Indiana. That's a different story, you know. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah, um, he was a straight-A student. I ended up a prop, you know, so I was battling the SAT. So that was the thing that was put over my head, not being eligible. Oh. That was the way the teams tried to stop me. The crowds used to chant SAT. Right, right, right. When I was oh, at yeah. the foul I, I line. wanted them. I want. I wanted no. them. They definitely yeah, should right. <laughs> CAT, SAT, yeah. and every other test they. And, and you remember um, the Ghetto Boys when they they had a, a song that went "Get the Ghetto, Get mm-hmm. the Ghetto Boys." So um, our yeah. team, we used to come out saying "Ghetto Boys, right. Ghetto Boys." <laughs> that's the way. That's what we used to come out saying. We played on um, Westside High School, another Gary School in the um, sectionals. And the game got tight, and I was at the foul line uh, with two foul shots. And they started chanting. Well, first they was chanting SAT, SAT on my first foul shot, and I missed it. Oh, my God. Uh. They went crazy. Second foul (laughs) shot, they started chanting SAT, SAT, SAT. And, (laughs) you know, that that hurt. You know, that I I had to make that shot, by the way. You know, yeah. and at the time in high school, I probably was a 68%, not probably not even a 70% right. foul shoot. But that shot I had to make. Could another school got big dog? Um, could, could somebody else almost get big dog? Maybe if I wasn't a problem. Mm. But to tell you the truth, mm. nobody recruited me like Purdue did. When they came in mm. mail, you know, college mail was big back then. Yeah. Purdue sent me the most mail. Purdue called me the most. Purdue, this is before I found out that I was going to be, you know, and I, I committed early, but Purdue, they really came after me hard. But my favorite schools was UNLV. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grandma. Grandma. We literally <laughs> just had LJ on. We told him, I say, yo, do you realize what you did for the yeah. hood with y'all? That squad. He, he, was the, he was the bulls of, of real talk. The bulls of for yeah, for they us in, cops, the, yeah. in the hood, I, we told him that. <laughs> yeah. I said, yo, when Pop put the hat on, put the jersey on, like, do y'all know what y'all was doing? Y'all represented us. Like, y'all was right before the Fab Five came yeah. and made their imprint. Like, y'all was all of that for the hood before that became that. Moses Curry had yeah. me screaming when I when I get the rebounds. Yeah, ah. exactly. Uh, I mean, that, that was hollering. Yeah. I used to love that. That was my squad, man. I used to like them. Tennessee, Coach Houston was there, was, was up mm-hmm. there. Who else was in the mix? Illinois. Yeah. Illinois was one of my favorite when they had Nick Kendall Gill and that's yeah. That squad was I was I was hurt when when G Rice, when Glenn Michigan beat them yeah. um, in the tournament. I, I was sick. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so those were some of my teams. Hey, I remember Bobby Knight came to uh, Roosevelt to visit. Mm-hmm. So he goes, you know, this this Bobby. The general came into Gary. So he sits down and goes, so what's your top five schools? I'm like, really? Oh, okay, um, UNLV, 
Tennessee, uh, <laughs> Purdue, Indiana. He was like, well, you know what? If Purdue is your number one school, you ought to commit to him. Because I'm going to tell you what, if you mess around and you go visiting this school and that school and taking all 10 of your bit, this and that, you're going to be a prop. So if that's your favorite school, you ought to just go ahead and commit to them. You know what I did? Committed I committed to, to Purdue. Hmm. I um, took the general's advice. And really, probably the best advice that he can give me. Because he yeah. probably would have told me, if Indiana is your number one school, then you ought to commit to right. Indiana the same thing. Yeah. But yeah, um, that was a thrill, though, because, I mean, back then, Bobby Knight was, was exactly you know, in, in college. Hey, this this is what I want to go back to, like when you was talking about the the Prop Forty Eight, right? So you you get through going, and you you share a national player of the year with C Webb, the boy you talking about, y'all y'all the biggest thing, you know what I'm saying? How is it for you to have to sit out that freshman year and watch them be the Fab Five? I Man, here you are with all this game and all this you got, and you got it, you can't do nothing but practice. How was that? For you to sit there and witness all of that that was going on. I mean, I know you happy, but like, you know, we as competitors, you like, man, I'm supposed to be out here putting on And too. I know How you was busting the ass in practice. I know you killing Kill You the best <laughs> player on the whole team in practice, and all you could do is practice. Like, how was that for you to, to deal with that year? Well, it was tough. But once again, coming from where I came from, I was part for the course. I was happy. I, I was, I'm in college. <laughs> I was the first person in my family to go to um, school, you know, outside of high school. So that was big. Then my fear was to not be as good when you sit out. If you look at players that, that didn't play yeah. their first year in college, that had props, they just didn't quite come back, you know, the same. So that was my biggest fear, which I feel like I, I did lose a lot of my hops. Mm. I still had, you know, enough to do what I did, but I felt like I wasn't jumping the same because I gained a little mm -hmm. weight. You know, I came back I probably at right at 205, 210, no, 215 maybe soaking wet. Once I started getting into that 230 range, <clears throat> that kind of took away some of the lift. Yeah. But, yeah, it was tough. But um, we had a guy out of Chicago, uh, Kenny Williams. He was a prop, too. In the year before then, I think he was the player of the year in JUCO. So, you know, we leaned on each other's shoulders. I, I I had him, you know, to sit out with. And in school, it's only 30 games, yeah. 40 games. So season was over with before you knew it. And next thing you know, I was, you know, doing everything full, full range with the team. Conzo Martin is my OG. I grew up off the history of him playing for my high school coach. Like the reason... The history was embedded in me of the championships he won in Illinois when he was young and then him going to Purdue. And then that what made me pay attention to you even more because I'm watching all the Conzo games. And then when you play with him, I'm just watching nothing but you. But them years you play, you first come in, you were averaging 24. You scoring on that level right in through the gate. Like, how was that? Yeah, especially, that's what I'm doing. Especially, like, after sitting out and being, like, I know you. Like you yeah. said, any of us, we sitting there like a pit bull locked down with the chain on our neck. Like, then you get the chain taken off. And, like, how, like you say, how was that? Well, I think the first game we played UConn. And, you know, UConn is great program. Year in and year out. 
until now, always have a, a team that's up there. You heard that, Karan Butler, Butler, until now. CB, Karan Butler, until now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As you know, it's crazy. <laughs> but um, I had a great game against them, and that gave me confidence. Yeah. You know, to be the team out of that conference, you know, sometimes the Big Ten don't get the same. Um, back then, wasn't getting the same respect as the Big East or yeah. things like that. So that gave me confidence. We played against Danielle Marshall, mm-hmm. and they had a good team. And from that point, I was just – I didn't know what I was doing. I just had confidence. And one thing Coach Katie didn't do, he just let me play. He didn't He didn't yeah. say – now somebody probably was open a few times – Coach Katie didn't say, uh, Glenn, uh, pass the damn ball. He just let right. me play. So a lot of the stuff that I was doing, I didn't I didn't know what I was doing. You're the best college player I've ever seen. Do, do you believe you're the best college player to ever play in college? Well, like I say, when you're doing it, you don't know what you're doing until it's over. You know, when I go yeah. back and look at some of the games and or when I look at some of my numbers, I, I know the numbers – the short time that I did play, it measures up there with uh, some of the greatest. And I think two of the greatest players for me is was in college was Shaq and David Robinson. Mm-hmm. Those were two of the more dominant players that you knew, okay, when they get to the next level, they're going to do the same thing. But, yeah, so like I say, I didn't know what I was doing, and, and Coach just let me go. He just – Turn, let the chain go, and just say, "Man, go out, go out, and, and, and let me." Play. Let me ask you this, though. Man. So now, in hindsight, right, when you look back and you look at, you know, you removed from everything, you're not in when you can really appreciate it. Bro, you average thirty and eleven <laughs> and eleven in college, like for real, like a college like, and, thirty and, and to we eleven. No, like especially now that we can sit back, remove from everything, our career, and we can look at history. Like it's hard to average buckets in college, not necessarily based on you or your game, just because it's college and the concept of the college game, and even twenty times more so. And when you was averaging thirty. <laughs> Like, that's insane. Like, even right now where the range is released, somebody can commit and they can do whatever they want. We have not seen a college player average 30. Not 28, not 29. No, a legit 30 ball. With 11 rebounds. Like, and the way you was doing it, bro, I watched you iso fools and talk to them when you about to score on them. Like, <laughs> this was as gutty as it got. Like, mm-hmm. oh, for real, he made every hood dude be like, oh, word? We could go, we could go big time <laughs> yeah. with this. Like, look at what they letting them do. If you go back and look at maybe the last six or seven games in regular season, I got high. I'm talking, I average, I probably average about 35 yeah. or 38. Yeah, you going the last through five or six games, which you know boosted my average up to 30. But I think before the end, I probably was averaging 28, maybe 29, somewhere in there. But like I say, I think Ohio State, I had a 40 against them. I had probably 39 or 40 against IU. And I know Illinois, the last game of the, of the season, I had 49. Man, you, you, you being real <laughs> humble right now. You going to try and tell me two, three games made you have a 30. You been giving people gravy all year. That might have put you right over the tip no, top. Which you you said, like gravy train. <laughs> You, you said not 30. Like I said, I was at 28, almost 29. But like I said, those last five or six games was 40 balls. 
which put yeah. me at 30. But, I'm going to tell you and, what, what warps my mind with it because I felt like I had, I don't even know, I could go look at them, but I felt I had a significant amount of 30s and good games and all that. Man, I was 19. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was 19 for my career. And I felt like I had a good amount of like, d you well, I had 30s. I was but average 19. Yeah. That's a whole 11 points more, boy. That's a whole lot of buckets. Whole, whole lot. But I'm going to tell you. That's a whole I'm lot of tell buckets. You, I had the lime green yeah. light. You understand? Like, <laughs> I literally did not have to think about a shot that I took. You know, like playing on a playground, you don't think about when you want to shoot the ball, you're going to shoot the ball. Mm. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. had that type of freedom. And also, I'm a small forward playing power forward in college. Mm. Yeah. So, the power forwards didn't want to step out and come out. So when we would play Michigan, they had Jawan Howard guarding. Jawan can play three, but he's really a, a four man. So a four, I get him yeah. out far, he got to give me a step. So that would, I can see the, my, my shot a lot better. But once I got to the NBA, that changed because you're going to have somebody your height, size that's out there on you. So that was a big mm-hmm. part of it too, being able to um, step out. As a foreman. How was it when you first got to play? Like, after coming off that Prop 48, sitting that season out, when you first got to play the Fab Five to Michigan, how was that for you? Because they were – everybody came back that second year, so you got to still see them. How was that for you? How ready for that game were you? Well, you know, those guys, you know, those are my friends. And, you know, we're in the same class. So – and I always felt like no, – no disrespect to um, – Ray Jackson or anything, but my motivation, I used to always say, I'm the fifth five five. Oh, you say you? <laughs> that was always my motivation. So you, me. in your mind, you, you know. said, what if I was there? It would have been this. Well, they recruited me and they had the number 13 jersey in the, in the locker room, in the locker and everything. They so hold me, up, but... hold the phones. Are you Ooh. telling me it could have been Ooh, Big Dog, oh, Robinson God. with the... Yes. Yo, come on. Yes, it could. It, hey, look, Duke, crazy. everybody else had crazy. no chance if you were in the building with them. It's a no, whole I don't different ball game. I how many timeouts was called. We, we, we <laughs> that we was all given on timeouts. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, but yeah, that would have been nasty. Like I was the fifth. I always felt like I was the fifth five five. That that was always my motivation. I never. I'm not a um, cocky type of guy. Or I'm not. That, You're right. You know. So I never. Put it out there like that, you know, trying to make a big deal out of it or anything. Michigan just wasn't the place for me. And yeah, they changed the rules from the Prop 48, Prop 42, and all of that stuff, however that go, where the student loan out of state is a little bit more expensive. Mm. Not that the student loan was going to make or break, you know, I was my destination. Right. All I had to do was stay healthy, if you know what I'm saying. But, you know, like I said, once again, Purdue, they went after me the hardest, and I can't even fathom it was that. Right that would have been nuts. That would be crazy. You add 30 your second year, but then now you in a tournament. And you know, in the tournament, them, them guys, the, the, the score, the leading score of the, of the NCAA, you know, they really be having a spotlight on because we know you finna get buckets. And, you know, how was that tournament for you? And when you got to the Elite Eight to Duke, the run that y'all made to get to the Elite Eight, like how was Man, that? Man, that was a great run. Well, we were coming off Big Ten champion. Mm-hmm. We had number one seed, 
all the good stuff. So, you know, we was we felt like we was the team. And yeah. but like you say, all the big dogs come out yeah. in the tournament. Even uh, I forgot who we played the first round, but when we ran up against Alabama, they came with them dogs. That's gonna get they ready, yeah, they to, ready play. to play. They gonna get into your clothes. They gonna lock they you athletic down. Athletic as hell. They they gonna pick you up full court. They gonna ISO you. Yeah, they gonna make you play defense. Then we ran up against Kansas, and you know Kansas, great program. Year in and year out. Mm-hmm. But Dick Vitale gave me the motivation for that game. I'll never forget. Dick he said, v. I think it's going to be Dick V. He said, I think it's going to be bye-bye boilers uh, the next oh, game. Oh, you made beat them <laughs> words, huh? I said, okay. Yeah, but, you know, Kansas was a team, you know, even more than, than Michigan. Like I say, Michigan, they, my age, they in the same class. I felt like I was, I was there. But Kansas, yeah. you know, going up against a big-time program like Kansas, I felt like I was really up for that. And, you know, that was a big win for our program. Then we had Duke. We had Duke. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm going to say play against and, Duke. You know, Duke, they, Duke is a well-coached team. They had a great game plan. Well, first of all, um, they put Lane on me, and then they made Cherokee Park Chief. and Grant Hill the double Chief. man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, shout they, out Cherokee, our teammate. Hey, they they had a well game plan. They executed it well. Um, I was pissed. You know, I, I had well, you know, I had tweaked my back during that Kansas game, but I never said anything because I, I don't yeah. I don't like to use injuries as excuses, especially if you lose. You know, I, I hate a player that you know when you're winning they help you, but. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, fuck all that. So excuse my language. <laughs> I just can't put on a show like that. But yeah, that hurt. I thought we we were gonna make it to the final four. You know, it's always hard. You feel like you let fans down and your family down. But hey, it was a, a learning experience, and you know that's one of the um, best teams in Purdue history. And I was just proud to be. A I can legit remember that because that was like. When I feel like, you know, I'm 11, 12, I felt like that was really when I was coming into my real basketball self, like where I'm okay, I'm I'm aware. I'm aware of this player, of that team, of this and that. And I can remember being pissed when y'all lost because I, I was like every other kid from the hood, <laughs> fuck Duke, let's go all of the, you know what I'm saying, all of the other teams. So, like, when I, when they beat you, I was still like, man, he better than all of them. Like, that's how I was. I was like, so what? Like, so what? Like, that's y'all had felt. more players. Like, if he was on this team, if he had this person or more help, that's how I was. I was mad. I'm walking around like, <laughs> like, that's how I, Hey, that's how I felt when Duke beat UNLV the same yeah. year. Right. That's how <laughs> I felt. I said, yeah. man, they gambled on it. Man, they got paid off. <laughs> they, they was, they <laughs> I was pissed, man. But, yeah, it, it goes like that, man. It's a lot of great players that go through college that you don't, you wouldn't even expect to do, you know, the thing. Or, or this guy's underrated like you two guys. But it's going to become a time where, where they must learn. That's why I try to stay Listen, in that's why we listen. You know, that's I, why we I, want guys I, like you up <laughs> on here, though, because it's a shame. It's a travesty to me to right. some of these young kids. I was just in NBA locker room working for the know. Pistons four years ago, and these guys just don't know uh, who Eddie Jones is or who certain guys. And this ain't right. like way 60s, 70s. I understand. Yeah. Like, come on, bro. Like this is like and this is this realize. is your history. When you join this fraternity, you should know what's going on. It's only but five thousand of you us, and you should know. 
And like somebody like nah, somebody like you, like you know what I'm saying? Hey, John, like these are people who legit built this thing right. and are part of why you able to do what you can do. Larry Johnson. You know what I'm saying? Larry Johnson, Eddie, the grandma moms, like we feel like, you know what I'm saying? We feel it our duty to like, look, it ain't even my business to say whether y'all know them. I just know that everybody from our age and up, they gonna appreciate the hell out of this shit. Us having you on here and people like you. And then those of y'all that's young and tune in and actually go back and look, y'all gonna appreciate after you go look at this shit. Like I know who I'm gonna show my son. I got two boys, and I promise to goodness they're going to see Big Dog. They're going to see Larry Johnson. They're going to see the different people that, that got what I like. So, yeah, people need to know, like, when I sit down with my kid and we watching stuff, I be pulling up all type of shit. They're going to see D-Miles. They're going to see goddamn Strowman Swift. They're going to see some of everybody who I like. It don't mean that they oh, got to be Swift. everything, exactly. but it's like... It's certain things that certain people play the way they play. They're going to see Jamal Crawford. They're going to see some J.J. Reddick. They're going to see different people because I play with these people and I know what they bring and I know what I like. People need to know who the hell Big Dog was. You a goat in this game. Hall of Fame to me. Damn the jokes. Damn anything. H.O.F. Like you said, men lie, women lie, the numbers don't. When you take all the politics and all the, you know what I'm saying, and false narratives and all this shit, I'll be like, my man did what he did. And how many the people did what he did? I'll wait. You Absolutely. know what I'm saying? Appreciate it. Take me back to draft night. Like when you declare for the draft and you go to the draft and like, I feel like you rep the Midwest to the fullest. Gold suit, you had gators on. Like, tell me how it felt <laughs> when you declared and when you did. Like you said, as soon as you popped out, you already popped out with the whip. You rolling. Like, how was it for you to declare and come out for draft night and then actually go to draft night? Man, that was that was special. And, you know, I, I got to say this because, you know, growing up, I watched basketball, but I wasn't – into the details of basketball, maybe until MJ and, you know, watching the Bulls. I got friends that's younger than me that no more ball players if you go back in history. Mm -hmm. But the number one draft pick from Gary, Indiana. <laughs> you know. Purdue University. That's, that's a dream that I didn't believe that can, that can come One true. of one, none before, none to come so far. Yeah, I didn't believe that I can do it. But once again, I was just happy to be in the game, in the NBA. I, I, I didn't care about getting drafted or where I got drafted. But since I was up here, okay, like you said, I, I had to represent. Yeah, let me, let me pop and my collar was, one time. You know, and it was perfect timing because it was the draft was in Indianapolis. It couldn't have been at a better. It's right in my backyard. Right. You know, I went number one in. So, you know, the home state got a chance to witness that too. So that was, yeah, that, that. That, that was special. But man, just to be in that class, man, with other number one draft picks and just in the top, in the lottery. Mm -hmm. Like I said, you had Grant Hill came out, Juwan, Jason, Cherokee was the, I think he yeah, came out see. that year, um, Sharon Wright. It, we had some mm -hmm. hitters. We had some pretty, uh, a pretty good draft class. And it came with strategy too, because I almost left a year early. Now, if I would have went a little early, you got to deal with C-Way, right. Sean Bradley, mm -hmm. Penny Hardaway. Right. Penny uh, Hardaway. Those were the top three. Jamal Mashburn was in the mix. Monster Mash. Monster Mash was playing great. <laughs> yeah, so 
that could have easily slipped from number one to who knows. Then, of course, going to the league, the contract negotiation thing that gave me a bad name, put a bad reputation on my back when really that wasn't about right. me. I I was just playing basketball. Oh, you ain't do nothing. <laughs> nah, you ain't do nothing wrong. Right. You, ain't no bad real well, say the real well, ones well, though. Well, well, let me tell you, <laughs> a lot of that was my agents doing, but I got the bad exactly. reputation for it. You know, that's what it was. So um a lot of that wasn't me. Or so if for instance, if if someone said, Well, he's a greedy athlete, he's asking for a hundred million dollars, and he said he that's my agent. That's not me. I never once came on it. I didn't. You let them handle your I business, made. like you like was, you being I told to do. Yeah, business exactly. And I just wanted to play basketball, and that's one big reason why I kind of I didn't fall out with the media or anything. I just I'm just not a a big media person anyway. So yeah, that's why we appreciate hey, you pulling up on the kids. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Definitely. You made it possible for these kids now to get get the, these reds. You part of that history of, of like, we see these kids getting 200. We see these kids getting a lot. We see these kids average damn near 10 points and getting 50. Right. Right. <laughs> like, Honey. right. Like, and that wouldn't be possible for that. So, like, man, you ain't do nothing wrong. You should never feel, because like I say, the real ones know. Uh-huh. And, and if it was me, I'd ask yep. for that shit, too. And I'd settle for 68 and, any day. Yeah, but, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, from an image standpoint, it created a bad yeah. image when really I was just a kid from Gary, Indiana that just wanted to play. And basketball. if you look at it, and if care. you look at Straight it, this up. is no disrespect because I love and respect both of these guys, J Kid and G Hill. But I feel like that had implications on your being a rookie of the year. The man averaged twenty one out the gate. You was the rookie of the year. We know why it didn't happen. You fucked up the system. After that. Came the rookie scale that me and my dog fall under. Like, how do that for you? You change, like, you literally, they ain't going to say it was the Glenn Robinson rule. But we all know what it was. The whole rule in the rookie system got changed because you took 70 and said, I need but more. What about, I'm going to tell you what really changed it. I'm going to tell you who changed it, changed it, though. The big ticket. Oh, yeah. The big ticket got the buck twenty. He got the one. That's what I'm saying. Like y'all two in y'all two right <laughs> back to back like that. Hey, that's another nickname. That nickname just fell. It just fell out the sky. It's, it was deserving me though. Big ticket. Absolutely. <laughs> the big ticket, man. That's the a big ticket. Yeah, but yeah, you come to see the big ticket. After baby. that <laughs> was when the the cap right. came. Yeah. After the big ticket, okay, the big dog, okay, they saw where it was going, but when it went there, yeah. when it actually went, when it actually went there, that's hey, where. you know what? You know what? This is the perfect time because I usually ask this question, right? But I don't. It's he got it off the bat, so I know, know. It's, this got to be stupid. That's what I'm saying. It's not many people we can ask this question in this scenario. <laughs> I always ask, like, hey, you know what you did when you got the bag? Like, you know, most people. Didn't get this first bag. Like, this is your first bag. Like, I, I know. We all did it. We took care of mom, dudes, family. And I won't hear that. I won't hear the cocky shit you did. I want to hear what type of jewelry, what type of whip, <laughs> what type of something that you did that you look back at now as an adult and be like, damn, I was kind of tripping. But, like, it was a good-ass time. What did Big Dog do when he got the 10 years, 68, record-breaking, might I add? Like you said, or might I add, record-breaking. Never done before. <laughs> you got to treat yourself to something. 
Exclusive. Well, it has to be exquisite. <laughs> what did my man from well, Gary, you know, Indiana do? Of course. Mom's got the house. That's, that's that why I said the, you ain't got to say that. Things that I said don't need to be talked about. But, we know you took care of my right. kids. But look, man, I had, you know, I'm from Gary now. Off top. You know, Make I'm Mike F's proud school. now. Make Mike F's proud. Oh, he listening. Hey, Mike from now, though. But he know what Gary do. I just talked to him. He know what Gary is. Right. Exactly right, but but Gary is a little bit more, you know. Yeah, it's like you said, like D Miles said, like he's Saint now. He's Saint. Right, right. Ain't no buildings, ain't no buildings in Gary. All the buildings in there. Ain't too much grass either. One time Bernie Mac told me that he he dissed me on stage. He said, Boy, you from Gary. I ain't no grass in here. Hey, look, boy, you go back to 1998, <laughs> 99, they still had clothes wires out there hanging clothes yeah. up. Yeah, but um, I already had a, a Suburban with subs and all that stuff Word. in the back before I went. Hey, that's how you knew he was I was He was a man in them already. Y'all already was a man in them before he even got up hey, out of there. When they saw that Suburban pull up with... with Eight subs in the back. <laughs> you know, that, it's only hey, right. Yeah. I had six twelves. I had six twelves. Five minutes before he arrived, they heard him. Yeah, I had that when the season was when as soon as the season was over with my junior year. That's how you knew yes, I was done. But but do you remember the three finger? Do you remember the three the fingers? Rams. Uh, Rams. Yeah, the Rams. Oh. The three fingers. I, I think it was I the used to call them three fingers. Yeah, yeah. I had, get, I had a Mercedes 500. And um, Ooh, that was three, on three feet. Three no, back then, a 500 was, hey. you know, see, they these kids now, they want Bentleys and Rolls Royce. Yeah. Back no. then, a five, five, there you go. You was out of here. You was out of here. We had to wear a second contract to get a Benz. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. You know, so I had that. Hey, but see, by the time Tim came through, Tim Thomas was he had He told us he got the six hundred yeah, triple black six hundred. Yeah, the black. He said he had that before he, he said he had the Billy sitting outside a crib in the hood. It cost more than the crib. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. See, it was different. So the five, the five. I didn't get into that stuff until you know later on my eighth and ninth year in the league when I got traded. <laughs> So uh, I want to speak about the, the Milwaukee team again. Like I say, them years, I felt y'all got cheated. <laughs> uh, the 76 years. <laughs> I'm going to say that. But, uh, but them years, hey, though, I, I just always love. Man, he like, he like, he like, tell I, me I, more. I just feel like that series, that series, like, uh, what was it? It was either the game in Philly. Well, they did. Was it the they game did in Philly? Scotty Williams game seven. Big tank. They went Big back. Big tank. And they changed yeah. the, um, they changed the file to a flagrant two, which gave him enough flagrance to, you know, after I think four or five, you out one game. Yeah. It was something like that. Philly sent the tape in. Hey, smart move though by Philly. It was a hard five. Yeah. Did you feel like them years in Milwaukee before y'all broke it all up? Did you feel like y'all really had a good shot at winning one? I think so. I think we had a shot at winning the year in 2000, but I think mm-hmm. what really hurt us was um, the Kembe Matombo. Philly got the Kembe Matombo second half of the season. That really put Philly on that championship level. You know, having a, a, another big man, a defensive right. big man. See, it was, it was about what you put around AI. You, you can't. Mm-hmm. You don't want to put a bunch of score scores around him. You want to put a bunch of Exactly. They did a great job of building that team around him. Yeah. 
Exactly. But when they got Matombo, that created a little bit of a problem for us. Even though we still could have won that series, I had a key shot. We lost, I think, by a point. Now, earlier during the regular season, I took the same shot. 15-foot mid-range, my favorite, one of my most comfortable looks from the corner, hit the shot during the regular season. I had the same exact shot. I think it probably was game five. Don't don't quote what's mm-hmm. game. But I missed that shot. I felt like if I would have made that shot, we would have won mm-hmm. the series. I think it would have put us up one. And I'm not sure who had home court advantage, but that particular shot, that could have been potentially the, the series winner. And that year, I made five buzzer beaters during the regular mm-hmm. season. May I add? Might I add, Humble Greg? Yeah. Hey, tell me this, though. Take me here. 96, you get picked for Dream Team 2, which is like everybody, we all know what Dream Team 1 was and how epic and, you know, groundbreaking. Like, you get picked for the second Dream Team. How was that for you? And then to know, like, you got injured and couldn't play. Like, how was that for you to be picked for that part of history, but also had to miss out on that part of history. And I'm going to have a third part after you answer them, too. I got a third question today. Uh, well, I mean, you know what type of honor the that biggest is. biggest period. That's the biggest stage. That's self-explanatory. But, you know, for me, you know, of course, it was disappointing not to be able to play with the injuries. But, man, I was still content and satisfied just yeah. to be in the class with the guys that's named on his team. That means everything to me, and it, it still does. You know, but I wish I could play, but, hey, like I said, just to be considered, that goes back to I just wanted to right. play. You know, it didn't matter yeah. where it was. but And at the time, it was a big deal to me, but it's even more of a bigger deal to me yeah. now than it was when I played because that goes back to you saying you don't realize what you're exactly. doing until it's all yeah. over with. And yeah. that team, that selection, it still stands to this and day. You can't That's never, that will they can't never take it away. Go away. Oh, no, never. Let me ask never. you this too with that, because we didn't have some of your compadres that made that team. I, the question must be asked. Even though you didn't play, do you think the Dream Team 2, as it was constructed, as it ended up, do you think that team could have beaten Dream Team 1? No. Victory! Hey, <laughs> DC. Who else? DC. Who else on that team was LJ? Because they look, LJ, LJ, DC came on here adamant. They had handled and Shaq and the big fella. Oh, no, and he didn't have a business. Yeah, I'm going to tell you this. I say it because most of those guys is on Dream Team 1 on my exactly. items. Exactly. <laughs> I look at yeah. yeah. so, yeah. yeah, that's 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 why I say that. I mean, Am I gonna, would I try to get them all? Well, of course. You know, as a competitor, as a competitor, you're going to go out and try to do the best you can against against whoever. But as a fan and as you know, looking at my idols, that would have yeah. been tough. <laughs> Tell me this. Can you remember the first time you played against Scotty when you was matched up against Scotty Pittman? Because I yeah, literally, Scottie just Scotty in particular, because Scotty is the guy that you identified as your position, who you looked at. Obviously, Mike is a whole different story for everybody, regardless of your position or whatever. 
But I mean, you right. can answer Mike after that. But for you, Scotty, what was that like the first time you got a chance? Because I know you gave him buckets at some point because you got too many buckets not to have. So it like when you score, because I can remember vividly the first time I scored a bucket on Scotty Pippen, and I came when I got out of that game, I called everybody I knew. How was that for you, like matching up against Scotty for the first time? Well, just to play against Chicago, right? The Bulls in general. Yeah. You know, Ooh, then so I you played, played against Chicago. Well, yeah, so I did. Just to play against Chicago, that's the only time that my city get, really get a chance to see us play. The Bucks, yeah, win, right. we only probably had maybe one national TV mm-hmm. game a year, or you know, something like that. The only time that the home would get to see me play was against WG. the Bulls. So I was up for that anyway because that's the only time. But like you said, to play against Scotty, I ate my best meal. <laughs> I got a good nice rest. You know, I, I read that damn scout report <laughs> a couple of times. You know, <laughs> I was just excited, man. I, I was ready to play not only against him, but just to play against the Bulls, man. I had some decent guys, some pretty good games against them, just from it's it's easy to get up against Chicago. You know, they had to face this every right. night. Everybody they played mm-hmm. against, everybody give them their best, best shot. So I, I gave them my best shot a few times. Now, Jordan was retired at right. the time. He didn't mm-hmm. come back until, I think, maybe the last 20, 30 games of the season after an mm-hmm. all-star break. So at the time, and we played them the, the very last game of the uh, regular season, I believe. But at the time, I had saw all the superstars. Now, I saw Hakeem Olajuwon. I saw Shaq. Penny, them doing anything. I saw Barkley, David Robinson, you name it, all the, the top hats at the time. So I, you know, I was plus Jordan had number 45. So he looked a little right. different. That wasn't the same Jordan. Right, right. That wasn't the 23 <laughs> Jordan that, that we, hey, grew, up we grew up on. So, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, I was like, okay, that's Mike, but I felt like I saw everybody. So I was like, I'm gonna bust their ass. You know, I played well. Actually. I had 36 that game, and and Mike had 33. And um, now, hey, let me finish now. He had 33. At one point, Mike MJ fouled the shit out of him. He fouled me hard, boom, and then went to help me up. Me, it was it was an article in the paper. I'm looking up. He's shining the light shining down on you while you I'm like, hey, Mike the great MJ. But anyway, it was a big article in the paper, you know, big dog, you know, the rookie, he outscored Mike, this and that. Fellas, it was like he read that shit. Next game, he had to make a point. <laughs> and the next season, of course, he averaged about 45, 46 against us. But you know who had to pay? You, hey, you know who had to uh, eat, eat most of them buckets? Right. Ray. <laughs> hey, hey but look, that's why, you that's know? why, that's why Ray, Ray to his credit, why, look, AKA Jesus Shuttleworth, that's why he is, he's the first, he's Mr. Jordan brand. MJ said, yeah. you know what? You worthy. I'm going to make you the first one. He the, he the first member of the whole Elite League Assassins that Jordan started creating. Mike grabbed him first. Because he he basically had all the tools that Mike had. So in 0405, you signed with basically my nemesis, the Spurs. Now, I was with the Suns that year. They were literally our nemesis. 
throughout the regular season. Then y'all motherfuckers put us out in the playoffs and the Western Conference Finals and ended my dream season where I thought we had a real chance to get a ring. <laughs> like, to my, I mean, I, I am glad that y'all did go on to win the championship. But for you, how was that? Even though you weren't the same big dog like out there killing it, how was that for you? To be a part of that team and to see how team. the Spurs work and to see how that whole system goes. And then actually, like, we all know, regardless, winning the chip is winning the chip. It's it's a, it's an accomplishment for us. Like, how was that for you? Man, the Spurs, they got a different type of program. First class mm-hmm. was, you know, different, you know, far. Now, I done been, I done been on one of the worst teams in the league and I done been on one of the best teams. Mm-hmm. They run or at least the time that I spent with them, they was on point with their stuff from practice <laughs> to injury management to player minute, whatever you want to call it, to <laughs> diet. They, they had they had their stuff together. Now, as far as running the offense, this is the only team where, say if you call three side, the three-man on previous team, two man may have to be on the right side, the three man be on the left. If you're on the opposite sides, the play don't start until you get on everybody get, get in their right. position. Yeah. Well, with Popovich, yeah. you better know your spot. You gotta know where to start to play from the spot that you're right. in because you're wasting time. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that right there was yeah, a different. challenge for yeah. me to how to know the play positions. from different yeah. positions. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Tim Thomas was good at. He can run a play from the one to the three. Anywhere. With, with, with myself, yeah. I'm running my stuff from the See, three. See, that's D-Miles. D-Miles you know? has been like yeah. four Unless, positions out hey, there. Point guard, hey, power hey. forward, small forward. Yeah. D-Miles had no all that shit. <laughs> but with Pop, you got to know positions from the spot that you're in on the court. So if someone's denying the ball, you just go down, this other man shift over. It's, it's right. all about what the defense do. That was different for me. And then just the respect that he had from his players, they bought into his system. Y'all done been on some teams where the damn player will coach, he'll, he'll curse the coach right. out. Not over there. You know, get yeah. crazy with the coach. Not up in here. Well, <laughs> well, Popovich had that, had his stuff where he could say, Glenn, get the fucking rebound, or Quinn, get your ass down the court. He, Timmy. He tell the same shit to Timmy that he would to the last yeah. man on the roster, yeah. and Tim didn't take that person. That's what made yeah. them a great team. And if team. Timmy can I take it, him. everybody better be able to you, deal with you it. You better take it, otherwise, <laughs> guess what? Yeah. Ginobili, man, I done seen him get in Ginobili's face. Ginobili, he pull his hair back. And go out there and go to work. <laughs> Understand me? And go to work. Pull it, pull, pull uh, stuff behind his ears and go out there and get. Yeah. Hey, let me just say this for the record: in 0405, I wanted to hurt Manu Ginobili. I want to fight him. <laughs> I'm not lying to you, motherfucker. One of the nicest dudes you gonna meet, but he's a killer. He's a killer on that court. He out for blood, bro. But he's not going to, like, really, outside of, like, a flop or a flare, like, he's not going to do anything to really, like, antagonize or make you want to put hands on him. Because he, just the type of player yeah. I am, like, you was scoring just, and you on the other team, one. I want to fuck you up. You got to give him one, yeah. It was hard. Him and Tony Parker, <laughs> that was, like, the nicest team 
that ever I yeah, hated him in my life. Time. They was like, you, it was like Tim Duncan, how can you hate him? Tony Parker, how can you hate him? Okay, my new, I can hate you a little bit because you flail and do some bullshit, but like even when you talk to him, how can you hate him? It was like, yo, this is like the hardest team to hate, but they when I say yeah. 0405, my single season in Phoenix. If you could erase that team, we are world champs. I'm not bullshitting you. Yes. If you yes. can get the and fuck rid of San Antonio, y'all motherfuckers, I was looking like, oh my God. You remember, you came down, you came down to the to, to Phoenix for the Dallas series when we beat Dallas. And I'm just like, I think we got a chance. Like, I think we, I'm just like, man. Yeah, and y'all had a y'all had a nice team. It was it not, was, if, y'all was if, if team, we would have it, beat y'all, big dog, team. I, was I swear to you, if yeah. we beat the Spurs, it's a cake. That was I don't it. give a flying yeah. fuck who we saw in the East. It, yeah. They wasn't seeing us. It wasn't in Detroit. It didn't matter if we yeah, saw Detroit, Detroit yeah. or Mike, because it was supposed you know, the series that everybody wanted to see was Miami and us. And then they got right. Detroit and y'all, they was like, ah, it was the exact opposite as far as mm-hmm. cities, like, right, where everybody would want to go visit. But, like, if we would have seen either one of them, man, I'm 100%, 100% confident. Yeah. Pepe Le Pew. Like, that's what we would do. I think do. y'all would have got them, too. <laughs> Man, we, Detroit was... Hey, Detroit had a They good did, but it, you know how it is in the league, bro. But it's matchups. Like, we matched up. Yeah. We did not match up good with y'all. And Pop was smart. We played one way. And, like, when I talked to Dan Tony, even, like, a few years ago, when he first got back in the league, he was like, two things. We didn't change how, the style that we played, and then he let them make him feel like we needed to make that trade when they traded me for Kurt Thomas. Kurt Thomas after the season. Uh-huh. But like during the season, bro, the whole series when we played y'all, this was a disrespect of it all. They guarded me and Joe Johnson. Tony Parker guarded me and Manu Ginobili guarded Joe Johnson. And we did not post up one time. That's the that's the series right there. Y'all, kept, y'all ran the pick That was roll. it. Y'all that was it. And they, the they stayed to us that like glue. And everybody knew that if you stay with us, our power was all five of us getting off. That was our superpower. Like the power range of some shit. All five of us, like Steve Nash knew how to get everybody off. Pop said, hey, we're going to make him score. He, Even though he could do it, he don't want to do that. They are at their best when, when everybody's going crazy. If we could contain it and just let him and Stoudemire go off, we could win like that. But if those three chip in with their 20s and 18s, it's a problem. Tony face guarded me, Manu face guarded Joe Johnson, and then it was just them two. Uh-huh. Stat was getting 40s. Man, they switched. They started switching that. That was getting his 40s, okay. but it just was like it was not ineffective, but it didn't mean as much when everybody else couldn't chip in. That pissed me off uh-huh. so bad because I was sitting there frustrated. Like, number one, I can't get my shit off because I'm sitting here waiting for no shots that ain't coming because I'm being face guard. Secondly, I got fucking Tony Parker, who I will, you know what I'll do to him on the block. <laughs> and we just not going to even try it. It was so frustrating. Well, and then you got Joe over there with, with Ginobili, and then you come back on the other end, and they cooking. Because, you know what I'm saying? Like, them motherfuckers is a problem. John Ginobili, man, that motherfucker was a problem. Eurostepping going behind that. When he came off that screen and roll, it was issues. Him coming down here was a problem. A problem. And I missed, I missed that whole series. And that took me out of the rotation. You know, I missed that series. My mom's was sick. Yeah, so I had played the series before that. But yeah, I missed that whole series uh, with y'all and then came back. That was the Western Conference. That was the Western Conference. Yeah, yeah. I came back against yeah, Detroit. In the finals. Yeah. 
your son. Your son got some hops. Bunnies. But, but I've been watching, you know, it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, like how, you know, we, the guys that we admire and love, we watch their kids and we feel like yeah. we're a part of that and so forth. Um, so watching your son's career and from Michigan to, you know, his spell in the NBA and, you know, how is that to see your boy do Man. his thing and, and fall in love with this ball that we tell him about? Man, that's, that's the ultimate. Yeah, well, you know, it, I'm praying. Um, I call him Trey, but uh, boy, Trey, he was he was born to play basketball, and yeah, I didn't put the ball in his hand. When the ball finally found his way in his hands, he never let it go. Mm -hmm. That's the best yeah. I can describe it. And of course, growing up seeing me play and seeing um, different um, ball players that I play with as he's coming up, you know, he's eight, nine, ten years you old. Unks. Sam you know, is unk. Yeah, absolutely. In the, in the locker room, you know, joking with Sam or AI, you know, that's one of the experiences uh, he always talk about uh, meeting Allen Iverson in the yeah. locker room. And, you know, AI real, you know, yes, he going he gonna to mess yeah. with you. you know, so, um, <laughs> yeah. For your kid, for, just to live the legacy, man, and keep it going, you know how tough it is. Y'all know how tough it is just to make it into absolutely. the absolutely. You know, yeah. and he's living his dream. He's doing what he wants yeah. to do. And, you know, he's always been into creating his own lane. And the biggest thing that I'm, I'm proud of him about is his attitude. That's everything yeah. because he can be walking around with his chest out this far because of his father played in the NBA, which makes people not yeah. like him. You know, that, that makes people come at you a little bit harder. And that make people or easy. feel like you got it easy, exactly. so, <laughs> which is even harder. Right. So that, that's that's one thing that I love about him that he's not arrogant, he's not big headed, and he's not just trying to live off of my yeah. lane. He's out doing his own mm -hmm. thing and, and creating his own lane. But like you say, man, that's a special feeling. You know, I played in the NBA for him to come through and, and to be in there. So I can imagine how. Like Horace Grant, Harvey yeah. Grant, when they were twins, that's in the league. Yeah. Just, just imagine how the parents, yeah, are, like Steph and um, yeah. Seth, in the league. That's that's the most awesome feeling, man. It's it's hard to explain. You know, first of all, going back to how I came up, everything that he needed to play ball. You know, everything was was a lot better than than I had. You know, and one thing he he does everything, even even skill wise. I turned out a better player, but you know, Trey can handle the ball better than I could. He can jump higher than I could. His range is better than mine as well. I'm a better mid range post shooter, but and basically everything that I did, he's doing or he's done it better. That's the key. You want your kids to be better than mm -hmm. you want. And I feel like he's yeah. better than I was just if he do an interview, just just speaking. You know, when I came yeah. up, you look at some of those old interviews yeah. with some of the players, the speech, the, we, we, that's stuff that, that we wasn't mm -hmm. taught. Now all of this stuff, it comes along with being an athlete. When we came in... They used me as a Yeah, devil. it was just student athlete when we came in. Now it's student athlete, great person, great citizen, you... It's more things that's, that comes in the back than just, just playing right, basketball so. and, you know, that type of deal. So I'm proud for that standpoint. Yeah, and like you say, to get drafted, he, he wasn't a lottery pick or anything like that. But just to be pursuing his dream, just to make it into the business, into the game, and, and doing what he loved yep. to do, even to this day. How many of us 
get a chance to do what we like for to real. Do. Most of us, 90% of, I'm not going to say 90%, 80% of people, 75% of people that go to work don't like their right. job. They doing it because they, they have to. You can, I hate when Q show up. Yeah, it makes me don't like my job. <laughs> but nah, for real, like you, for real, like you say, you get to really say this is Big Dog 2.0. Because like you say, like, ain't no Prop 48 for him. Like, it's he got a DNA, chance to baby. be the best in education. He went straight to school, started playing, and he doing everything. He and like you say, from the interview, out. like, that's truly the level up that we talking about. Like, you know, in our communities, like, we do all that we do to... So that our kids could have it better than we were, than we than we had, and so they could yeah, come and be better than us. You know what I'm saying? Whether it turns out as far as status, because like you said, to a man like he, he, his skills and everything that you put into him are better. Like 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 now, y'all careers are different because they were different. That's you know we can't control right. all of that, but like the things that were under his control, like his abilities, like he did that. And that's something that definitely should be commended and, and, and saluted. So, man, you, you, his mom, and the community to help bring him up, y'all did a great job. Because, like, right now, even when you look out there, regardless of what he's done, done in his career, you don't see no bullshit. Y'all did a great job with him because you don't see that a lot. You see a lot of different things, a mixed bag, and this, that, and the third. But when you see it come out the right way, and like I say, regardless of how good, because to me, he's great. Been in dunk contest, did this and that, and he's, you know, got as many years. When you get almost nine, ten years and you go into your tenth, you're like, you good. This ain't no, this ain't no accident no more. This ain't no, this ain't no hey, aberration. This ain't no mistake. Hey, he's good. Hey, that's another thing. That's another thing. He hey, he he bet out of my pocket. <laughs> 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 hey, no, no, no. He ain't here, he ain't here. Hey, that's all he wants for though. Right 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 he out of your pocket. He's he bringing something to the table and pulling up a chair like I belong here. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's up? How's we doing? What we want to do? That's exactly. Yo, man, that's been a wrap, man. This is this is real special for me and D. Miles, the two Midwest boys. We grew up under this OG, man. We appreciate you sliding through on us, big dog. You don't know how much this means to us. You one of them ones for us, big dog. Man, thanks a lot. No problem, man. Anytime, just hit me up. Yes, sir. We want to thank y'all for your continued support of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give us two taps by writing a review and rating five stars wherever you get your podcast. And make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can also find all the episodes on the Players Tribune YouTube page. Follow us on social media at Knuckleheads Podcast and join our Knuckleheads Facebook group for exclusive content. Thanks again to all of our guests and fans. This wouldn't be possible without y'all. The Players Tribune.com.